Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are in this amazing country of Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. How are you today? I am amazing today. You're always amazing, Lyle. Of course I'm amazing. What's so amazing about today? I get to talk to all of our listeners. We love you guys. Is that what you're grateful for today? Uh, No. What are you grateful for today? That sounds like I'm ungrateful, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> no. grateful at all about that one. <laughs> I'm grateful that it is July because July means that the days are getting longer, but I've already had that one. So mm-hmm. I'm grateful it's July because it's tax time. I get to put my tax return in and hopefully I get some money back. Ooh, and you're going to buy a boat? I'm going to buy a car. Oh, you're going to buy a car. I need a car. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah, We're we taking all car cars. donations. Yes, car donations <laughs> to Faith FM right now. Just drop them off outside the studio <laughs> with the keys and the ignition. It will be great. <laughs> However, this all happened, actually happened yesterday. Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. We are recording this on Wednesday the 11th, but you might be listening to this, I don't know, Thursday the 12th, Friday the 13th. Who knows when you're listening to this? This is indeed the delayed broadcast intro. Okay, so if you're listening to the delayed broadcast and you want to listen to the real show, this is how you do it. You simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play. Or you download onto your mobile device. What do you download them on? It's called the TuneIn app. It's a really great app. You can download a free version of it and works just as well as the paid one. Uh, when you download that, you can look for Faith FM Australia. Search for Faith FM Australia. Keep it in your favorites and then you can press play on that and literally listen to it anywhere in the world. You can play it through your aux core. You can Bluetooth the car stereo in your pocket and your headphones, your headset. It's a really great way. You can listen to it anywhere. I've listened to this driving from Melbourne to Sydney. It had perfect signal the whole time. I listened to it all over the United States. Yeah, perfect signal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the great thing about it, of course, well, when it comes up, when you download the app, it'll come up with, do you want a one-month trial or a uh, two-month free trial? Don't press any of those buttons because then they will try and charge you money Mm, for it. Just press X. (laughs) Press X. It's in the top of the page. Just press the X and then it just works for free. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a hack that we're sharing with you all right there. Yeah, (laughs) life hacks. (laughs) Okay, so coming up on today's show, we have an amazing interview with uh, Wayne Ulrich coming into the studio. Yeah, it was really fun. adventures from some amazing countries that he's been to. And then he sticks around for the rest of the show, which was really great. We love it when our interviewees um, come in and then stick around. And uh, we also have some great good news stories. We have some... Um, uh, wonderful news about the, of course, the the boys in the cave who have all been rescued now. Yes. Praise the Lord for that. I think all of the world was praying about that. So it's really great news to have them out of there. And uh, seeing as you're talking about that, we do know that this is very delayed broadcast because I think everybody's going to know. Like, yeah. well, that's old news now. <laughs> but it's still good news. But it's still good news. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got some great music coming up. We're great Bible study, question of the day, talking about the gift of tongues, etc. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for more great, great programming right now. Bible tells us about a man who ruled Babylon and all its land. Around the city he built a wall and declared that Babylon would never fall. He had concubines and wives, he called his Babylon paradise. On his throne he drank and ate, but for Belshazzar it was getting late. For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. He was weighed in the balance and found wanting His houses were built upon the sand Well, the people feasted and drank their wine and prayed 
praise the false gods of his time All holy things they scorned and mocked But suddenly all their mocking stopped For on the wall there appeared a hand Nothing else, there was no man In blood the hand began to write And Belshazzar couldn't hide his fright For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand he was weighed in the balance and found wanting His houses were built upon the sand Well, no one around could understand What was written by the mystic hand Belshazzar tried but couldn't find A man who could give him peace of mind But Daniel the prophet, the man of God He saw the writing on the wall in blood Belshazzar asked him what it said And Daniel turned to the wall and read My friend, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting Your kingdom is divided, it can't stand You're weighed in the balance and found wanting your houses are built upon the sand Welcome back, everybody. That was Johnny Cash with Belshazzar here on Faith FM. This morning, positively different radio in the morning. Mon, what have we got for our first clue for the quiz? Do we have any up on our social media yet? Uh, no, because I've lost the card. You've, you, you've, you've lost? You've done what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just We're not it. having a quiz this morning? <laughs> How could you lose the car? I think someone must have come in here yesterday after we left and shuffled all the stuff because I had a, a, a quiz prepped. But it's okay oh. because I took a picture of it and I sent it to so Shell. So there's a, there's a clue that's up on social media that's actually the wrong one? No, it's, it, I've saved the day just okay. now as we're all talking right. because I did take a picture of the card and I sent it to Shell ahead of time and I've just uh, accessed the photo. Oh, so. sneaky. Uh, saved sneaky. by the bell. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. So I picked up this one and I was like, wait, what? Huh? And I couldn't <laughs> find the card. Okay, it's a Who Am I quiz. Of course, this is a Bible character. And the first clue is, my father said this when he named me. It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Mm, so whose dad said that when he named him or her? Give us a call if you know the answer. If you call us before Lyle gets this confused look off his face, you will get two prizes. <laughs> it fami- has a familiar ring to it. Uh-huh. I cannot place that. The number to call is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text oh, us answers. Oh, I'm close. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. very close. Read that, read that for me again. Read it for me again. Let My me father you. said this when he named me. It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Oh, nope. <laughs> close, I was, I was, not that I close. Was, I was on it and now I've lost it. You can text us if you like. The number is 0491-064-669. That was said very, yeah. very slowly yeah. and distinctly this morning. Yeah, I know. But you know what? You can jump on our social media. We had some feedback. We, we always talk too fast. <laughs> like, we can't write the number down. 1-800-FAITH-FM is good, but our yeah. texting number is not so good. Yeah. So, yeah. We should get a new texting number. I think that would solve the problem. Like, like 0491-FAITH-FM, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That That'd would be, be good. Cool. That, that would be, be good. Cool. We'll look into that for you. Yeah. All right. So, what do we got coming up in, in all your mountain of positively yeah. 
different uh, news this morning. I love it when there's so much good news I can't decide. And hopefully I won't cry today on air. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, do you want to know my secret? I almost always cry, but I can usually pull it together before I go on air. (laughs) These stories are so sweet. They're such good stories. Why do you cry over good things? It's so touching. You cry over bad stuff, not good stuff. No, well, it's so touching. And I I love, you know, yesterday I told you how I love the theme of reunion. Anything that has a Men cry over things when it's bad. Women cry over everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then also I just I love it when community comes together Uh and uh, and colludes to do something good. Yeah, for me that just I don't know. I always cry. Okay, so I've got to figure out a way, and you're going to have to help me. How do I how do I make Mon cry? (laughs) Why would you want to? You were so uncomfortable yesterday when I was crying. I was looking at your face, and you were like, "Panic stations, panic stations." She's crying. (laughs) That's that's the that's the male standard reaction that comes straight out of the out of the book. This is how you react when a woman. And cries. Panic. <laughs> panic. Just panic. Don't do anything else. Just panic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to like this morning story, Lyle. As a man, as a manly man, you're going to love this one. Okay. Okay. So, you know how in India, um, in, you know how every country deals with racism. And in India, it's particularly bad. They have... Um, uh, these castes and they have the, like they have different levels of these castes and they have the bottoms at the bottom they call it the un- the untouchables oh okay the different yeah. levels of society I'm thinking yes. caste like plaster caste no no <laughs> caste with an egg on the end yeah 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 and they have you know and they have the untouchables and you know and there's horrific stories that have come out of this this yep. kind of hatred you know um, I remember I watched a documentary recently um, a travel documentary and they went through India and they met a family whose son um, he'd gotten a job because it's it, apparently the government the Indian government's changed it but you know changing the actual yeah, minds yeah. of people is something else yeah. and uh, and he'd gotten managed to get a job in a milk factory mm-hmm. um, but the local community found out that this this untouchable guy was working in a milk factory and they figured if he's touching our milk or in any way involved in the preparation of milk he's contaminating our milk and our milk won't be good to drink because you know he's the bottom rung mm-hmm. of our society. Mm-hmm. So they doused him in petrol and burnt him alive. Mm. So there's this kind of hatred that goes on. And uh, unfortunately, it's not just, you know, jobs. It's also just basic human needs. So there's a story about a man um, uh, whose village, uh, w- he, it was so sad. His wife was turned away um, from trying to drink from a well. So she just wanted a drink of water. She just wanted to get some water. And they told her no because she was considered, you know, the bottom rung of, of their societal caste system. And uh, and her husband was just just so outraged by this that they couldn't even get water mm-hmm. because of the color of their skin. Um, that or he, their, their position in society. Or their position in society. Yeah. Um, that he got his own tools and uh, and he'd done what is considered impossible and, uh, and started um, putting his tools to work for six hours a day, digging a new well all by himself next mm. to their village. And this is usually apparently a task that typically requires a team of four or five men. And the villagers all came out and they were just ridiculing this man and mocking his mission, um, knowing that you know such a feat had never actually been accomplished before. And then there had actually been other attempts to source, uh, to locate um, new sources of water in the area that had already failed. So oh, okay. he was on like Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. number seven or whatever up to you. After 40 days, and only 40 days, right? Which is, because that's pretty good for one man digging a well. That's when, a lot of digging. When no water has been located before, this husband struck gold and created a well. Wow. With water, with fresh water. And so uh, his newly created well is going to provide water um, not only just for his wife, but for, for all the other um, insulted working class villages. In this area, they're known as Dalits uh, in the Washim district of India. 
So the equivalent of equivalent of untouchables. Yeah, yeah, basically. So he said he didn't want to name the well owner for he doesn't want bad blood in the village because you know he got interviewed. He's become quite famous now, mm-hmm. um, you know. But he said you know he, we were insulted because we were poor and we we're Dalits and uh, and we came home that day and, and cried and cried. And uh, he said he never wanted to beg for water from anyone, mm-hmm. especially because the reason for the begging would have been. That he's what born like in yeah. a different like it's just because he was born. Yeah, because he was born, and uh, and so he just brought some tools, and within an hour of making this resolve, he'd started digging this well. So I'm gonna put up some pictures of this well. Yeah, and, that's um, a, that's a fantastic yeah. story. Yeah, and he, you can see. I'll show you the picture. Look at him. He's like down deep in this well. Oh, you've got to be Isn't kidding. That is a massive hole in the ground. And he's carved it through rock. He's carved it through rock. You can see him standing down there. It's almost like it's a cave. He's underground or something. It's amazing well. He's I'll show our producers there. He's done a real good job. Because I, I, when you say well, I think, oh, maybe like a little hole that goes down. Like, yeah, 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 down. yeah, 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 yeah. But he's like, it's like a, like a huge cave thing that he's gone and dug. So good on him. Well, this is the thing. You have to have a hole big enough to swing a pick. Yeah. To be able to mm-hmm. cut through rock like mm-hmm. that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a bit ripped. And you can sort of tell why he's been swinging that pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure his wife loves the water and his new muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Lyle, you have taught many a class, right? Yes. What? How do you feel about the kid who always sticks his hand up in class and asks questions? They are the best. You like them? Because you know that you're actually connecting with them. The one that sits there and never says anything is like, well, does he understand what I'm saying? Does is he not he understand here? what I'm saying? Is he here? <laughs> what is going on? Um, whereas the one who's asking questions is the one who's engaged. Well, let me tell you about an underdog. I love a good underdog story. I think because I'm Australian. This is one kid. And unfortunately, like teachers usually do like the kid that asks the questions, but they do seem to get ridiculed from their classmates, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So and, 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 and they always feel insecure about it, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm the one who's almost got my hand up, yeah. but, you know. Um, and uh, sitting in class and thinking about asking a question, you almost like start to break a sweat, like, should I put a hand up? Will I sound stupid? What am I going to say? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's funny how nerve-wracking it the is. Only, the only stupid question is the one you don't ask. That's right. And I want to encourage people today to ask more questions and be more inquisitive because this kid, Richard Jenkins, um, he was always raising his hand in class, so much so that they gave him the nickname Harvard um, to make him feel bad for participating but he had a goal. He was on a mission. So this was an inner, inner city kid and uh, his family had actually lost their home to foreclosure when he was in year six. And, uh, and then him and his two brothers spent the next two years moving in and out of homeless shelters and, and hotels. And uh, they were really struggling to find stability. And, uh, and he really began to realize that good education is going to get him you know, mm-hmm, through this. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, his father then had a heart attack and passed away two years later. So they were um, and he ended up getting hospitalized himself because of just so much stress. And uh, But he, even though he was sick and in hospital, he just wanted to get his assignments done. He was like, you know, um, emailing his teacher questions even though he couldn't be in class. And so further compounded this, uh, this mocking of this teasing being called Harvard. Anyway, he graduated and started applying for colleges. Guess where he got in? Where? Harvard. <laughs> so, come. so Harvard got into Harvard. Harvard got into Harvard and he's Fantastic. moving up. So yeah, he's going to be graduating class uh, 2022 and uh, we congratulate. Well, we wish him all the best. Indeed. Like he's going to be just laughing on the other side of all that teasing now. So yeah, good on him. So keep asking questions, guys. And, uh, and never be afraid to, to stick your hand up. This is Barlow Girl with You Lead Me. Go.
Good morning and welcome back to Faith FM. I have another clue for our quiz. And yes, they are already up ahead of schedule on our Instagram. If you want to check out our Instagram, our handle is Faith FM Live, all lowercase, all one word. But get your phones ready. Here is the next clue for this Who Am I quiz. I was reckoned the son of Jacob, though he was not my natural father. I don't really understand what that means. I was reckoned the son of Jacob. Okay. Does, that, yeah, does was, that mean they reckon that uh-huh, he was uh-huh. the son yes, of Jacob? I know, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know who it is. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yep. <laughs> the look of confusion has gone. The yeah, smug face has set in. Smug face is here because I know the answer. Give us a call if you would like to win the prize and answer that quiz. The number here is 1 800 Faith FM. That's 1 800 324 Okay, so in the news today, the uh, number of Royal Commission recommendations, Royal Commission into um, institutional child sex abuse, mm-hmm. um, have been. Um, stop, ha, ha, have not been passed by the Victorian government. So um, we'll just look at four particular um, recommendations that the Royal Commission put forward into institutional uh, sex abuse. First of all, that priests be forced to report um, on, uh, basically be mandatory reporters on uh, incidents of child sex abuse. Mm-hmm. And the Victorian government has stopped short of adopting a mandatory reporting policy uh, or law for Roman Catholic priests. All other priests of every other denomination are mandatory reporters, except there's an exception for Roman Catholic priests. Why would they make that exception? Well, the Roman Catholic Church is incredibly powerful, and um, this one actually makes my blood boil. Yeah. Because it involves the confessional, Mm -hmm. uh, and the confessional is, by definition, the greatest grooming device ever invented because you take a child by itself one-on-one with a priest talking about, in detail, mm-hmm. their sexual sins. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, it's almost like it's been designed for grooming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is just an incredibly evil um, institution you don't find anywhere in Scripture. The Bible says that we should take our sins directly to God. We have one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Jesus Christ. And that's where we should be taking our sins, not to some other other man who, um, you know, may not have started out with a propensity towards these kind of things. But you know, after hearing it over and over and over again, you know, things will start to change in a person's mind. So you place a, a priest in this kind of situation, then you give him, uh, then you force him into unnatural celibacy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. forced celibacy. It's no wonder they have um, some massive problems here. And as a as a Christian Seventh-day Adventist pastor, I'm a mandatory reporter. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone, everyone. But a Roman be. Catholic priest is not. It's, it's just disgusting. And it is. First of all, it just goes to show how when we mess up the Ten Commandments, how when we don't obey God, you know, something as simple as like, you know, confessing, something as simple as confessing your sins to a priest instead of to God. You'd never think that'd really be all that bad, but look at the mess it's made. Okay, now this is another interesting um, recommendation by the Royal Commission. So this is a, a recommendation by the Royal Commission to the Roman Catholic Church that they abolish celibacy of the priesthood. So the Royal Commission... And this is one thing that you'll never hear in the media, uh-huh. except maybe here. The Royal Commission actually identified celibacy, which the Bible describes as a doctrine of devils or a doctrine of Satan. Wow. That's what the Bible says about celibacy. That's very, very strong language. Very strong. Um, identified it as one of the reasons why uh, pedophilia was so high in the Roman Catholic Church. And so I wanted to look into some stats on this just to get a picture of what was actually going on. Um, and so 
um, in, in, when Western countries, Australia, um, we're looking at stats here for Australia, about 9% of boys are molested and about uh, 27.5%, 28% of girls are molested. So with girls in the general population, mm-hmm. it's three times higher than boys. That's terrible. The interesting comparison is that, um, so you know, overwhelmingly female in general population, but in the Roman Catholic Church, 87% of children that are molested are adolescent boys. Oh, that's so messed up. So there's, there's, a, there's a major, major problem here. Uh, between 1968 and 1971, because you have to have very old stats because it takes at least 25 years mm-hmm. for a victim to come forward mm-hmm. on average. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we can't use current stats. Stats from the 1980s are irrelevant mm-hmm. um, to our discussion today. Um, so from 1968 to 1971, 5.5% of uh, priests um, here in Australia were convicted um, with 20% resigned as a result of allegations. Now, that's, that's very high. In the general population, about 1% of males um, have been convicted. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, nearly five and a half times higher than the general population. And so you've got to ask yourself, what is the difference? Yeah. What, what, why is there a difference with Roman Catholic clergy? Mm-hmm. Um, in the Anglican Church, the percentage was as low as possibly 0.1% amongst the clergy. Because Anglican priests are allowed to get married, right? Well, you've got to ask yourself, what is the difference between these two churches? Mm-hmm. You know, outside of the evangelical Anglicans from, say, Sydney, um, the Anglican Church is probably the closest church that we have to the Roman Catholic Church, the, you know, the most comparable church. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and But you've got this massive, massive difference and a much lower percentage, you know, even than the general population amongst the clergy, which is what you should expect. Mm-hmm. Um in uh, in abuse of children, and uh, you've got to ask yourself why. What is the actual difference? And and, and here's your two differences: you don't have celibacy, mm-hmm. you don't have auricular confession, mm-hmm. um, and these two things combine together to form a vicious circle that creates a trap for children. Mm-hmm. It creates a trap for priests mm-hmm. because one of the things that they noted is that Roman Catholic priests do not fit the psychological profile of a pedophile. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not what we would call a naturally a natural pedophile or someone who was born to be a pedophile. So they're quite normal when they get started down this career path. But yeah, then but they something get is changing. By it. Something is changing yeah. here. Um, the, 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 the Anglican Church in Australia is seventy percent the size of the Roman Catholic Church, um, but the um, abuse in the Roman Catholic Church is ten times higher than that of the Anglican Church. So, so they're advocating to um, remove celibacy as a. A, a, I don't know what is it a requirement? Yeah, well, I think I, and, and and this morning, you know, here on Faith FM, I call on Pope Francis to, um, frankly and explicitly abolish celibacy mm-hmm. as a medieval and barbaric practice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, along with auricular confession and point people to Jesus Christ as their mm-hmm. saviour. Mm-hmm. Let's not be going to other human beings. Let's let's focus on Jesus Christ. That's where our salvation is. Mm. We, we we need to go there. This is a this is a major problem that we're dealing with, and of course, you know, pedophiles will like any any sin, 
um, hum, as human beings, we try and justify mm. our, our our sin, and pedophiles will, you know, they will disassociate themselves from the wrongness of it and try and come up with excuses. And you know, your average pedophile out there in the general population will be like, well, you know, they wanted it, or it was good for them, or you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's coming out from uh, Roman Catholicism from research is that um, one of the reasons why it's ho- so much higher amongst boys than girls like completely out of all proportion is because they've justified in their mind that this is not a break of breach of their vow of celibacy because it's not fem- the, the, the victim uh, is not female that's so messed up it's very very messed up and this is a very serious story and one that uh you know we really need to i wonder i wonder if um you know men who decide to take this career path of becoming a priest i wonder if they know about the statistics about you know uh, the dangers, I well, suppose. This is this is this has just been plastered all over the news, and, and and one of the things that's been going through my mind is whenever this story comes up, why is it always Roman Catholic? You mm. know, anywhere you go in the world, where it's Boston or it's um, Newcastle or or, or or Ballarat or wherever it is, wherever this story is a breaking story, it's Roman Catholic, Roman Catholic, Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know, even you know, Pope Francis himself has been embroiled in all kinds of stuff in. Uh, in, in, you know, allegations from Argentina and so forth, um, and 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 why is it always Roman Catholic? Well, these are your two big reasons right here, and the Royal Commission has identified them mm-hmm. as being reasons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're not being spoken out o- about on the media. Mm-hmm. Um, people aren't actually digging into it and saying why. And we need to we need to shine a light on this. Yeah, and we need to call on the Roman Catholic Church to come into the current century. Yeah. And to come back to well, not so much come into the current century, but come act, come back to a biblical model of ministry. And they also need to protect uh, protect the kids because being the one church that gets exempt from being able be, having to report crime is yeah. just ludicrous. It's ludicrous, is what it is. Absolutely. And of course, the Victorian government is leading the charge mm-hmm. um, on many of these things. And so, if this does not pass through the Victorian legislation, it probably won't pass the rest of us, the states here. I hope there's a petition I can sign because I will sign everything. Absolutely. Well, we need to move on. This is Blue Highway, Wondrous Love. <laughs> love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul What wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul What wondrous love is this, oh my soul What wondrous love is this that calls the Lord a bliss To bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. 
When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down, sinking down. When I was sinking down beneath God's righteous frown, Christ laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside his crown for my soul. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing and joyful be. And through eternity, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And through eternity, I'll sing on. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh this is what wondrous love is. This oh wondrous love is this what wondrous love is this that caused the Lord is this to bear the dreadful curse for my soul for the curse to bear the dreadful curse for my soul microphone Welcome back, everybody. We have our special guest. He's joining us right here in the studio. Um, and Wayne, it's great to have you with us. We're going to go straight to uh, our guest interview because I'm just sort of... Wayne's come in. Wayne Ulrich has come in. Morning, and, um, Yeah, Wayne heads up uh, Asian Aid. Um, We've actually had him on air several times on the phone, so it's actually good to see him finally in person <laughs> in studio. But he's got a laptop here full of pictures, and I just want to start into this story because it looks like the most remarkable story. And uh, you were just showing me some some pictures of of your world travels, Wayne. How many countries have you been to? I want to see whether oh, you beat my kids. My kids have been counting, and we got to sixty one already. So. Oh, blown <laughs> me out of the water! What was your last count, Mon? Thirty seven. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I can double that. Yeah, yeah there you go. Come on. <laughs> uh, fantastic. And this, of course, has been working um, you know, with children, with, um, with charitable organisations. Yes. Um, but there was something in your pictures there that sort of caught my attention as, as they were flicking past, and that was um, something to do with the reason why you left Australia in the first place. You got into a little bit of trouble somewhere along the line, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, I was, I was working with Sanitarium Health Foods. So I was a mechanic down there, and I uh-huh. had a fast car and kind of had a – Bit of dealing with the police. A lot of them, <laughs> lot of them knew me down there. And then, so, you know, so was your car confiscated and crushed? I guess they didn't do that back in the day. Did oh, they? it's a, it's it's a it's a long story. But basically, you know, yeah, I got dragged away and kind of put in a place and oh, had, had, oh, had really? time had time to think about where I was. Okay, so back in the day, back in the day, back in the yeah. day, you actually had to do a fair bit of bad stuff to. Um, I think I paid the police salaries actually. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, these days they have pretty tough anti-hooning laws, but they weren't so weren't as tough back then. So you were oh, quite the hoon. My man. my LJ Tirana, I tell you, was fastest on the block. Did you have Did you have the uh, the the V eight one? No I triples. The triples. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, Straight <coughs> six. The red Tirana, eh? Oh yeah. Yours was actually red too, wasn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's a good picture <laughs> right here. There it is. There's a reason why it was called the red Tirana. It's because it used to be filled with. 
teenagers' blood on too many occasions. <laughs> oh, <dear. Yeah. laughs> kind of had that reputation. They were they were lethally quick. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so I'm taking it. You did not have a license, and so the opportunity to be able to drive would have only existed overseas. No, I had a license. Oh, okay, I had a license. okay, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, straight. I got my license at those days. You could get no, but I'm saying, did you? 16. We would have lost it. I, yeah. yeah. So anyway, you end up yeah. overseas <laughs> and you've been overseas in, in all of these different countries and in a lot of conflict um, areas. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it that actually drew, drew you to this kind of work? Was it the sense of adventure or the sense of mission or a combination of both? I was adventure. I was okay. young, I was young, adrenaline. I was yep. a you know, humanitarian cowboy. Okay, a humanitarian <laughs> cowboy. Yeah. I like that. You know, maybe we need more humanitarian cowboys out there. Yeah, well, I was I was single. I just wanted to see the world. And so, were you a bit of a uh, machine gun preacher? Well, I've handled a few guns in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So this is a uh, an adventurous life. What is the most adventurous country that you've been to, or, the, or I should say, the most dangerous country that you've been to? Um, well, I left home in 1985, mm-hmm. and you know. Places like Somalia, Liberia, Rwanda, the Congo, yep. probably African countries are you know been, been pretty hot. Yep. Um, Sarajevo, Yugoslavia was 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 a tight one as well. Okay, oh. so you're there during the war. Um, yes, yeah. Um, and I've only been I was taken hostage twice. Um, Whoa, that was pretty that was pretty rough. So, um, what countries were 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 you taken hostage in? Um, Liberia and Rwanda. Okay, oh really? Yeah, and Liberia was by some boy soldiers. Right. You know, these young kids taking you into rooms and trying to shoot shoot through the walls. But you know, there was a there was a lot of negotiations to get out of that one. But yeah. uh, that was my my job was actually trying to negotiate access into these countries and set up field hospitals and feeding centres. Right. Look after um, displaced civilians. And when you be get, get taken as a hostage, do they just see you as being a cash cow, or uh, do they have other aims in mind? Oh, What's oh, this was before um, the cash cow issues. This was this was basically your know, kids. Wanted to show that they were in control, and right. you know, if you said something they didn't like, then they wanted to kind of lock you away and make you worried. <laughs> and uh, um, how how long have you were you a hostage for? Oh, it was two weeks. Two weeks it wasn't long, but yeah, it was long enough. Yep, and um, <laughs> and that was just a negotiation system. Yeah, s- yeah, yeah. We, yeah, Charles Taylor was the the warlord in Liberia mm-hmm. during that time. Yep, and then Kagame. Uh, in Rwanda, yeah. So they were, they were, yeah, interesting days. But th- those were the days where you could get away with a lot. Um, whereas now, with media and press, you know, hostages um, often, unfortunately, have you know they get killed along the way. But yeah, yeah, we're just very lucky. God was in charge. Yeah, yeah. Lucky for you. Lucky for oh, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what organisations um, were you working with? Primarily, uh, Doctors Without Borders mm-hmm. and Save the Children. I worked for the Catholics for a while, yep. uh, Catholic Relief Services, ADRA, yep. mm-hmm. um, and now I'm with um, H&A. I'm the CEO here. Okay. Yep. 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 Fantastic. And uh, uh, what kind of you, – you're talking, you know, Doctors Without Borders. Do you have a medical background or um, you're more just no, a humanitarian – No, I was a, a mechanic. I was a mechanic, okay, mechanic. at sanitarium yeah, and yeah. then I, be, then so I the went hence, to engineering. Hence, hence and your fast car. Civil engineering <laughs> and looking at water and, and – Designs of camps and field, okay. I'd say field hospitals, yep. set them up, and then when things were safe enough, we'd bring in the doctors and the nurses, and then they'd do the surgical operations, and we would basically keep things running. How did you get started with, you know, what, what, what organization did you start with? And, and let's say that there's a humanitarian cowboy out there right now, and he's like, yeah, I want to go to an adventurous <laughs> country and uh, help people. 
How do you how do you get started with something? How did you get started? Um, I did a stint with World Vision and then some time with Adra. Mm-hmm. Um, in the so you just go to World Vision and say, "Hey, I'm here. I'd love to." Pretty help. much, pretty okay. much. Um, Adra gave me some work in uh, Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to see kind of Africa, so then I got a job over in Africa, and yeah, one thing led to another, and then I'm yeah being thrown into the worst place. If you want to get a job in the humanitarian sector, go to the worst places because they're hard to find people for. Right. And so if you put your hand up, oh, they'll okay. throw you into yeah, those places. Okay, so if you really want to get into yeah. the, the, and then the, if you the way to get in. a good job, you yeah. can't leave because they keep, keep keep you in those places. So, <laughs> you know, it's a catch-22. I was supposed to be in the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo um, right now, actually, but um, it's pretty hard yeah, to get a visa plan. to get into that country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it didn't actually work out. If I'd had more time, I would have probably uh, made it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Um, I was supposed to be in uh, Lumbambashi. Democratic Republic of the Congo, what's it like these days? Oh, I haven't been there for maybe 10 years. So Yeah, but it did used to have it's, I mean, it's rough. a lot it's of rough. child soldiers. I mean, I remember reading reports of 30,000 child soldiers. Oh, um, easy, easy. Yeah. Which old soldiers you know, are more Western Africa, you know, mm-hmm. Liberia, Sierra, um, Congo, um, all the way down to Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, mm-hmm. with these types of areas. Um, how does this culture of child soldiers develop? Um, well, they're easy to manipulate. You know, if, you, if, if warlords come into a mm. village and they kill your parents and then they grab the kids and take them away and kind of force them to, to kill, mm. um, you can pretty much put them under control. And when they don't do what they're told to do, you, you knock them out, you kill them. And we're often told that, you know, when we're raising our own children so much, so, so forth, that um, children's brains are a little bit like wet clay. That we can, you know, we can mould and fashion the way they oh, think. Oh, you can, you can. So, I mean, I've I've been working with kids now. Was it? This is my thirty. This is thirty first year of working with kind children. of working with children. Yeah. And the first fifteen was in war and conflict, and the last fifteen or so has been with more natural disasters and in countries where civil unrest is mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And every country, you know, working with kids, it's easy to kind of manipulate them or to bring them into a, a, a environment where. You can get them to do what you want, exploit mm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, so child exploitation is not just about sexual exploitation. It's about you know, forcing children or getting children to do things against their will. Mm. It's going mm. against the rights of a child. Um, and, and how that's many, how many children are being exploited across the world, world right now? Um, I think in total from the figures that just came out. And uh, I should say that Wayne's got a whole bunch of research. There's so much stats oh, yeah. on his computer right here that it's sort of hard to... It's uh, really uh, Save the Children just released a report like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, a great report about the, um, about the lost childhood report. Okay. Yeah. And it has some really good stuff like one billion um, experienced sexual abuse, multiple types of violence um, at any one time, one in three girls globally. Um, experiences sexual violence. Mm-hmm. Um, 3.2 million students are victims of bullying. Yeah. Um, I mean, these types of figures are coming up. 300,000 children in fighting forces as we speak. 300,000. 20, po- yeah, 20 people displaced every minute of every day around the world. So this conversation you know, is 10 minutes long. You've got already 200 people displaced. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just... It's just the numbers are staggering, and and it I is particularly for us living in Australia. Mm. Oh, absolutely. absolutely! You know, we just get up, we go to work every day. It's a normal day. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. We plop in front of the TV in the evening, and and uh, you we know. would never think about being taken hostage by a bunch of child soldiers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never cross our mind 
at all. Or, or the fact that, you know, there are children that are just being, you know, raped, exploited, mm-hmm. turned into, you know, their brains effectively being turned into mush. Can, yeah. can a child recover from being a child soldier and being involved in heavy fighting and that kind of violence? They're scarred for life, but there, is, there are ways of, of, of getting them out of poverty. I don't know if you saw um, Australian Ninja Warrior last night. I did. There was actually a, um, a guy from Liberia who was a child soldier and he's an Australian citizen now and right. he got through the race. Yep. I mean, he was talking a bit about his story and yeah, it really sinks home for me. Yeah, yeah. I would have done, particularly, you know, for the um, work that you've been involved in. And we've in. talked about slaves before. Yes, you know, 46,000 yeah. of mm-hmm. them at the moment. In Australia, they, they, they reckon there's about 4,300 um, slaves active at the mm-hmm. moment in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. These are individuals or are children younger than the age of 18 being forced to do things that they, you know, don't have choices to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yep. the figures are just are just staggering. Mm, mm. So um, when you start looking at figures like this, um, you know what what do you what do you do about? It? I mean, our conversation here is so short; it's like <laughs> so much here to talk about. But yeah. um, you asked me to okay, come in through my testimony, but we haven't got even there yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what what can we what can an individual do? You know, right now, listening to this, listening to stats, and 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 we can look at some more here in a moment if we get time. Um, where do you start in actually doing something to change our world or to make our world a better place? I mean, well, you're working for Asian you start, right you start in your family, mm-hmm. and then you start with your, then you go to the neighbour, mm-hmm. if, and if you can go further, you go to the community, and you start helping people out. Mm. Um, it, with Asian Aid, you know, we have four thousand six hundred children out there that we're looking after. Adra have many more. Mm. Um, so giving to organisations that are trying to do something is is one way of really. So those of us who are living here in the lucky country. Um, I tell you, I mean, coming back to Australia and being able to drink from the tap, I mean, that's insane. <laughs> it's, it's a long time since I've been able to do that, and that, that's really, really good. You know, I mean, but my but my children go to local school, and you know, my daughter comes home. Yeah, she's been bullied. You know, it, it, and it's really, really surprising that you're in such a lucky country, and then your kids go to school and come home crying because someone's tried to bully them out of the way, or because they look different or because they said something that was strange, you know, they, that people make fun of them. And I think that is just as bad as, you know, some of the things I've seen overseas where children just get abused because they're kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, your children born overseas or born here? My daughter was born in Indonesia. My son was born in Thailand. Yep. Um, but they're both Aussies. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, so did they see much of the... Uh the, 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 the when I got when I got married, I had to change. I couldn't right. I couldn't work in countries of war and conflict anymore. Sure, sure. So I shifted to natural disasters and and civil unrest. Yep, like in Philippines, you know, um, South Asia. Um, we're running out of time, are we? Oh, you know, we've, 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 <laughs> oh, I was just kind of hoping that maybe you could stay for after the news and we could keep interviewing you just for a little bit longer. Maybe we do a re- recording. Okay, you know, fair enough. <laughs> I prefer live interviews because you know it's being said out there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's going to BBC and CNN on a recorded message, you get really worried because they'd always cut out pieces of the conversation. Yeah, so I imagine because of um, a number of the countries that you've been into, you would have uh, been interviewed by the media on various oh, yeah. occasions. You Google, you'll find a few little snippets from like BBC on my belly kind of being shot at and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, my kids like to, you know, look on the Google internet Dad. and say, what, yeah, what's going on with that? <laughs> sure. Yeah, we might get to you to hang around for a little bit longer, but um, 
Mon, you had something that you wanted yeah, to Yeah, we uh, have a little share. special uh, special message for one of our uh, regular listeners who loves listening to our show, uh, our brother Michael Heath, who is actually on his way to chemotherapy today. We just wanted to say a quick on-air prayer for him and dedicate our next song to him. So, Michael, um, we'd just like to pray for you. Hmm. Father in heaven, we pray that you'll be with Michael in a very special way today as he heads to chemo. You know that he's been uh, struggling with cancer for a long time. We want to thank you for the way that you have preserved his life and pray that you continue to do so. May he be blessed and encouraged and uplifted and may this song be something that uh, just brings him joy and comfort uh, at this particular time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, Michael. All the best. We hope you have a... Praying for you, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. At least a decent day today, and uh, we'll see you at church on Maitland. Michael is one of our Maitland uh, regulars, and we're going to have a big waffle breakfast at Maitland soon. You want to come? I'd be happy to come down and and talk to any churches. Yeah, good, good. Just give me a call and I'll come on down. Yeah, Yeah, we'll have you for our waffle breakfast, and then we'll have you speak. I've got sermons. Oh, good. I've I've got things in my back pocket always. If anyone wants to hear about some stories, just give me a call. Oh, loving this. Fantastic. Well, we're going to move on right now. This is all sons and daughters. You will remain. Humbly came 
from sinning I shall see thy lovely face Clothed then in blood-washed linen How I'll sing thy sovereign grace Come, my Lord, no longer tarry Take my ransom soul away Send thine angels now to carry Faith FM, positively different radio.